1: Feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid. Nothing can
2: come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away.
1: Breaking news.
2: The Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about some of the new results coming in from the grand jury in Georgia, and we are getting an inkling of sort of what may be to come from Georgia. This is just coming in a little bit ago. This is basically the forewoman who was in charge of the Georgia Trump probe, basically saying that the jury there is looking at multiple indictments. And when she was asked, how long of a list are you looking at? Well, she said, it is not a short list. She's also claiming that she heard the president on the phone more than once. And when she was asked... Is President Trump basically the focus of these potential indictment recommendations only? They can't issue indictments themselves. They can just do recommendations. Again, this sort of ties to all of the election issues and potential interference. Of course, that infamous call with then-Secretary of State of Georgia, Brad Raffsvenberger, where he said, hey, can you help me find many votes, thousands of votes, Well, now we are hearing from the jury for woman who, by the way, it's kind of interesting. Most of the time they never talk. Um, And this woman was a little weird, too. If you saw the pictures of her, she was a little wacky. Um, But she basically said that, yes, uh, you're not going to be shocked. It's not rocket science when she's asked if the former president, she thinks, will be indicted tied to what happened in Georgia tied to the 2020 presidential election. So read what you will. Uh, The woman also was a little weird. She was, her eyes were like going all over the place. Like she was like crazy Eddie or something like that. Uh, But this is the forewoman in this jury and definitely suggesting that they had a long list of potential people and sure, suggesting that President Trump may be high on that list. Again, saying you're not going to be shocked. It's not rocket science. Again, this is just a recommendation. And then it would have to go on to the district attorney there uh, for a possible indictment. But what a bizarre, wild, wild detail. What is your reaction? Do you think that we might see some sort of indictment coming out potentially out of Georgia? And what impact would that have on President Trump and the presidential race? What are your thoughts, everybody? It's one 800 848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. 848-9222, 848 9222 Well, coming up in just about a minute or two or so, we're going to have the great investigative journalist, John Solomon, here on the show talking about his exclusive interview with President Trump that was so wide-ranging. It was an amazing interview. Uh, first off, he also talked with them about the fact that Biden is over now in Ukraine And President Trump wondered, hey, what the heck, why didn't he go to Ohio first? Why didn't he visit Ohio where that terrible train derailment happened? He also asked him a little bit about the war in Ukraine in general and what he thought of the fact that President Putin has pushed the war and where we are at this moment. And take a listen to how President Trump says things would have been a lot different had he been
3: president. Take a listen. We'll stop the war in Ukraine, which would have never started. Russia never, ever would have gotten in there. And, of course, one of the reasons they did is because the most embarrassing day in U.S. history was the horrible way they withdrew in Afghanistan. We could have gotten out. I was leading that, but we would have gotten out with strength and with dignity.
2: And, by the way, I think also a lot of people agree, don't you, that I don't even think Putin would have ever invaded Had President Trump been in office, period, there's no way. And we're going to talk a lot about Ukraine coming up later on in the show. The other thing was really fascinating with this interview. John talked with him about voting and about the election. And President Trump made a very powerful concession saying, listen, I would be open now to early voting. Remember, he was totally opposed to early voting because Lots of issues happen, cheating and a lot of other things. You know, there's a lot of opportunities where you don't have to necessarily show a voter ID. You don't have to have necessarily an excuse to do absentee voting. It seems to extend for months and months and months in many states. And this is what President Trump had to say. He said he has reconsidered on that and feels in order for Republicans to win, they have to be a part of this early voting
3: process. This is a biggie. Take a listen a rigged process. It's a disgusting process. And what was happening is, you know, they'd, they'd go in there with uh, an accumulation of votes, which in many places isn't even legal. And they would in, accumulate votes at a level like nobody's ever seen before. And, you know, if you ever check the ballots, you might be, like be very disappointed. As an American, you may be very, very disappointed to see what happens with the ballots, whether or not they're signed, if they need to be signed, where they come from. So, we're going to have to play the game a little bit differently because we're starting off with a deficit and tremendous bad things are happening. Look, uh, I know that your next question will probably be like, what do you recommend? And what I recommend is all paper ballots, one day voting, voter ID and no mail in except for a faraway military and people that are really seriously ill.
2: Very interesting. That is what he says it should happen to. But he's saying right now, given the structure and given the fact that in a number of states, the Democrats are in control um, and of the voting process, too. So, therefore, the Republicans have to play the game. I think it's a really smart reflection. And I think a lot of Republicans tonight are saying, thank goodness, because that is absolutely important. Look at the Fetterman case. John Fetterman. John Fetterman. Here he is. This guy got hundreds of thousands of votes before Dr. Oz. And then the debate comes. He delayed the debate. So people looked at him in the debate and said, that guy, you know, oh, my God, I already voted for him. What can I do? I can't take my vote back. And they were stuck with this guy. They were stuck with their vote. Uh, But it worked for the Democrats. Not that that's a fair process for voters, but it worked for the Democrats. So Trump is saying Republicans at least have to play at least the game. Otherwise, they are at such a tremendous disadvantage. It is a fascinating interview. And joining us now to talk about all of this and so much more is the great John Solomon, who did that big exclusive. John, it's so great to have you here on the Rita Cosby Show.
4: Uh, Fun to join you, Rita.
2: You know, lots of headlines. Um, Let's start with the latest one that I just was talking about, the early voting. That is a biggie. And that's a big, like, I guess, awakening for President Trump Because he has been so steadfast, as you even just heard him say, you know, he always believed in the one day voting, uh, you know, none of the ballot harvesting. I mean, so many of these issues. And he's seeing that within legal means, he has to figure out a way to at least compete. And Republicans have to compete because the bottom line is winning.
4: Yeah, absolutely. This is a big concession. You called it right. That's what it is. And it's a recognition in 2020. He resisted it and he drove out a historic number of uh, day of voters for Republicans, and still Republicans lost because the Democrats got low propensity voters out by getting them to mail in their ballots. In 2022, he, he tried it again, uh, put all of his muscle into it. And he saw what happened in places like Arizona, where day of voters got thwarted or had problems at the polls. And so I think those two experiences have, have changed his mind. And he's very clear. We've got to play the game differently. He He told me in the interview, uh, he did a fundraising letter last week to millions of his supporters saying, I'm going to raise a fund to lawfully ballot harvest where it can be done, but we're going to get in the early uh, uh, balloting game. And so this is a signal. It's very important, not just for his strategy. It gives the RNC the, the the green light now to go put the full the fullest possible program it can to get early voters out, because low-propensity voters will vote by mail if you make it easy, but they're never going to show up at the polls. Uh, Republicans have been so close just with the traditional voter getting out. If they add low-propensity early voting, they probably uh, tip the scales on a lot of close races. Uh, and I think that not only does this signal to the RNC, let's get started, some of those voters who in the past have distrusted early voting or absentee voting may feel a little more comfortable on the Republican side using it now that the president has endorsed it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It opens the door. And I brought up the, the Fetterman example. I mean, that is stunning uh-huh. when you think about how many people voted ahead of time. That's a big, big deal. Um, what about also um, he brought up the issue that he felt that President Biden basically abandoned Ohio and President Trump's going to go to Ohio tomorrow. He'll be there tomorrow. Um isn't that amazing um and it's what's incredible is he's going to be there before Budhajek and President Biden um yeah. so what is what is your thoughts of how he relayed that he basically feels that President Biden has abandoned the homeland essentially
4: Yeah he put uh, he puts America second Ukraine first is what he said and I think that throughout the interview one of the things that you saw in the interview was Donald Trump connecting with everyday Americans. He can separate himself from the global elitists and elitists in Washington and he saw this for what it was. Elitists would rather be with President Zelensky fighting a globalist war overseas than help the constituents of Ohio that are now in the third week of dealing with a not only a horrific train crash but the aftermath of all of the toxic fallout. Uh, from the controlled burn and and the chemicals that have been released. And uh, he called it what it is, which is he called it neglect. He said, they've neglected the people of Ohio, and I'm not going to neglect them. I'm going to go there. And he pointed out that after he announced he was going, the Biden administration suddenly ramped up its aid to um, Ohio. And that does check out if you look at the timing. President Trump gets out there first, then Joe Biden sends the EPA director out, then he announces some new aids, and they're opening up centers now. But Very belated. And uh, he played into it. He leaned heavily into that, that Joe Biden was was uh, choosing Ukraine over uh, the citizens of uh, East Palestine, uh, Ohio.
2: Yeah, no question. And he also talked about the border. He also talked about protecting the border and the importance of that. Uh, Talk about
4: that. Yeah, listen, he won in 2016 with such a simple promise. We're going to build that wall. We're going to build that wall. And everybody knew what Donald Trump stood for. We're going to build that wall. And over four years of his presidency, he drove down illegal immigration to some of the lowest levels we've ever seen in our country. And in less than uh, two years, Joe Biden has driven up to some of the highest levels we've ever seen. In fact, January, the highest January in in American history. January is supposed to be a low month in the winter, but Joe Biden has managed to get it to historic levels. Uh, uh, President Trump has not forgotten that. and He said, listen, we're going to get that border built. We're going to win this election. We're going to get that border built and we're going to start to save Every community in America now, because it isn't just the border communities that are feeling it. Every community in America is now a border town, and I want to stop that. I want to stop the scourge of drugs. I want to stop the scourge of crime. I want to stop the scourge of potential terrorism. And uh, he's going to make that a centerpiece once again of his uh, of his effort to win the White House.
2: What about also uh, Ron DeSanctimonious, as, <laughs> as Trump calls him? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
4: Yeah, there is not much... that. Well, listen, he's very. there's uh, been an interesting dynamic in the last month, and Donald Trump has been rising in the polls. Ron DeSantis has been going down. It's about a five-point swing, which in politics is a big a big jump, a big change in a short period of time. When you a lot mean, of voters um, you mean really Meatball into
2: Ron? Meatball Ron. Yes.
4: Well, <laughs> he has all the names that he... Uh, but here's the thing that you heard him do in the interview, and I think this is going to be the predilection to how he ultimately portrays Ron DeSantis. He's going to tie Ron DeSantis to the traditional Republicans, Jeb Bush and, and Karl Rove and uh, and folks like that. He used those names, and he said those are those are Desantis's type people. He's not really America first guy like I am. He's a, a Johnny-come-lately, and he'd rather hang out with Karl Rove, and he'd rather hang out with Jeb Bush and, and other establishment Republicans. Yeah, Paul like Ryan, think, right? Yeah, Paul Ryan, he threw in mm-hmm. for good measure, absolutely. So I think you're going to see that line of attack, and that's going to be very effective in the primaries where the base of the party's at. Uh, at the most active and, uh, those base of the party has some pretty hard feelings about Rove and, and Ryan and Jeb Bush. And so, uh, interesting attack line. I think you're going to see a lot more of it over the next few, uh, few months.
2: Absolutely. And before I let you go, um, I just got to get your reaction, uh, John Solomon, because you're so uh, plugged into everything. What are your thoughts about this foreman? Did you see this at this foreman who's kind of been doing the rounds? And I said, she looks like she's like crazy Eddie. She's like bizarre. It's a little weird just looking at her affects when she's talking. It's strange. But she... Um, came out and basically did this, you know, pretty wide ranging, a couple interviews, actually. Of course, liberal media, uh, saying it's not a short list in terms of, uh, potential in recommendations for indictments. And then when asked about Trump said, well, you're not going to be shocked. It's not rocket science. I mean, that's kind of interesting. What, where do you think this is headed?
4: Well, listen, you know, one of the most liberal minds in all of America, Alan Dershowitz, someone who voted for Joe Biden, is deeply disturbed by the conduct of this grand jury. Grand juries are supposed to stay secret. They're supposed to keep their thoughts themselves. If they don't indict, they're not supposed to leak. But this jury for a woman turned her responsibility in the grand jury into a circus, into a media circus with big hints and leaks and and, uh, insinuations, exactly what the criminal justice system was designed not to be. And no matter what becomes of this, uh, whether the uh, next grand jury does bring indictments, whether the uh, district attorney decides to follow these recommendations or otherwise, this system of criminal justice in Georgia looks like it's been weaponized. The conduct of the jury for a woman, the conduct of the district attorney, cheerleading and political rousing when they should be operating in secret and making a decision based on the law and the evidence. And that hasn't been the case here. This has been the politics before evidence and, um, and uh, media leaks over uh, the law. And I think a lot of people who care about the criminal justice system see this as the latest example of uh, weaponizing law enforcement and creating a dual system of justice. Grand juries are supposed to be secret and silent. Their only action should be an indictment. If they don't indict, they don't get to incite.
2: Yeah, and by the way, she seems very happy. Um, We have literally like five seconds left. Do you see this um, going... To a potential indictment, and what's the real quick impact on Trump? I mean, do you think it's going to change anything for him in terms of the race or impact, I don't real think so.
4: quick? I think the law, and the, at the end of the day, the grand jury that does make the decision is going to have to abide by the law. This probably could boomerang on Democrats. You don't like to see this sort of clownmanship in law enforcement.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John, you are awesome. The great John Solomon with his great exclusive with Trump and uh, and obviously commenting on a whole bunch more. We love having you on, John. Thanks so great much. to be
4: with you, Rita. Really love your show.
2: Thank you very much, John. Always great to have you on. And when we come back, everybody, where do you see this grand jury potential indictment headed? And also... What do you make of Trump's comments saying that now the Republicans should go for early voting, that they, quote, got to play the game like the Democrats? one 800 848
1: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail.
2: Sounds a little bit like President Trump. He is ready to go. And he's going to go, by the way, tomorrow. This is going to be huge uh, to Ohio, to East Palestine, where that terrible, terrible train derailment took place. And he's going to be there before Biden or Buttigieg went. I mean, that is astounding. And this happened three weeks ago. And during all this and this wide ranging interview that you just heard John Solomon talk about, he also talked about. About Ron, who he calls de Take a listen to him talking about him.
3: My numbers have shot up in the last few weeks. And Ron de I mean, his numbers have really crashed because, you know, they're seeing he was against Social Security, he was against Medicare, little things like that. That's not too good. Carl, if you think Carl Rove was one of the people he looks up to, Carl Rove, Carl Rove is. Not been good for the Republican Party, and he's led a lot of failed campaigns. But Paul Ryan is another one that he likes a lot. Paul Ryan, that's a beauty. And Jeb, of course. So, you know, when you look at him, uh, you have Club for No Growth, and that's uh, one of the groups that is, I guess, backing him. I don't know if they're backing him, but we'll see what happens. But people have to know this, and I I notice that his numbers have cratered.
2: And, by the way, true to form, uh, yes, President Trump's numbers have been rising DeSantis' numbers were dropping, I think it's about five points or so. We'll see. Maybe he got a boost by doing the tour in New York and Philly and Chicago. Uh, But it is interesting to see the line of attack he's going to take that DeSantis is basically beholden to the establishment and not a MAGA candidate. And clearly, by the way, it is clear that the Democrats are still panicking, especially about President Trump. And they're going full throttle. Uh, case in point, uh, this jury foreman seems to be enjoying the limelight a little way too much. Uh, this is the one in the Georgia case. She's like all over the liberal media and she's like smiling. I thought at first like it was an interview with somebody who won the lottery. And it turns out, no, it's the jury foreman who just seems way too happy, uh, to be on camera and way too happy to basically suggest that Trump or something else big is coming. Uh, it's a little bizarre, and it's totally inappropriate also for legal proceedings. one 800 848 one 800 When we come back, we'll take your calls. What do you make of all this? And also Trump saying he believes that Republicans have to play the games, the legal games, and go into at least some early voting in order to win because he says that's what it's all about.
0: Uno. He's your numero uno.
1: The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue.
2: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment here on the Rita Cosby Show, which we love doing every night where we honor our great law enforcement and their families. A beautiful story coming from Long Beach, New York, where two heroes risked their lives to save a man from a fire. A dramatic fire rescue over the weekend proved that every minute, every second counts. A Long Beach, New York father and fire victim, Stephen Pryke, says that he is a bundle of emotions after a good Samaritan and a local police sergeant risked their lives to pull him to safety. It happened just after 2 a.m. on Sunday when the rear of the Pryke home appeared to explode in flames. And it just so happened that Jones Beach lifeguard Colby Lapp who is used to volunteering, saw the skylight up from a block away. And he then flagged down a Long Beach patrol car that happened to be in the area. And within seconds, Sergeant Judy Arroyo and Lapp ran over and pounded on the door of the house. Uh, they had to see if somebody was sleeping inside. The homeowner, Pryke, awoke in a daze. And he said he turned to the left to go back to bed and then suddenly saw huge flames shooting up from the side of his house. Sergeant Judy Arroyo raced inside and up the stairs. The police officer who grabbed me, he said, I got teary. I was so happy to see her. She pulled me down the stairs, grabbed me and said, you are getting out of here. Uh, Sergeant Arroyo and the good Samaritan and Pryke were all on the front lawn when Pryke realized that his son could be inside and trapped whereupon Sergeant Arroyo didn't hesitate one book a bit she ran back inside despite flames flying up sparking up a dramatic fire she got inside and was able to give the all-clear that no other victims were trapped inside. But it certainly was a close call. And in fact, Sergeant Arroyo was overcome by heat. Uh, She received second-degree burns to her face and her arm, given medical assistance, but is going to be okay. And thank goodness that this good Samaritan, as well as this great officer, just happened to be there at the right place at the right time And literally saved this man's life. He said he is so emotional and can't believe what happened. He said, I can't wait to see them both again, give them a hug and thank them for saving my life. What a powerful, powerful story and such a great reminder of the incredible work our law enforcement does every single day. Well, we are talking about President Trump. Uh, Because President Trump did this wide-ranging interview, as you just heard, with John Solomon, who was here on the show a couple minutes ago. And he was talking a lot about the weaponization of the legal process, talking about DOJ, talking about the FBI. Uh, You can make the case uh, that what's going on in Georgia, where they had a grand jury that we know wrapped up, and the former foreman of the jury Is like all over the media these days, just kind of going, oh, yeah, you know, it's not a short list. And uh, the big question is, you know, will Trump be indicted or not? Well, you're not going to be surprised. I can't say who, but it's not rocket science. Is that completely inappropriate? And does that just show to you that that process is very politically charged? This is, of course, uh, stemming from the 2020 uh, presidential election claims, remember? And where President Trump vehemently believed that he won. And, of course, that now infamous phone call with the then uh, president and also calling the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Rafsenberger and pressing him to, quote, find thousands of votes. Uh, that was on audio tape. And they are saying they're going full throttle for a whole bunch of charges against him. But do they have a case? And is it suspicious that this woman— is seemingly going all over the place and seems to be loving the camera and enjoying the limelight. Well, take a listen here. First off, here is President Trump talking with uh, John Solomon, basically talking about the weaponization of DOJ and others against him.
3: Oh, it's totally been weaponized with these prosecutors. They've been going after me for years. Uh, Prosecutors that are Democrats, radical left. And by the way, the higher my poll numbers go, the harder they come at me. And you see it right now. They, are, they have a total Trump hater looking at the document hoax. It's a hoax. Obama took documents all over the place. And, and, you know, if you take a look at Obama and Biden and you take a look at all of them, including Jimmy Carter, and we wish him well. But everybody took documents. It's a hoax. And nobody has a problem, but they come after me. And the reason they come after me, because I'm leading everybody by so much. And what they've done is weaponized the justice system, and it's a disgrace. Never has our country had anything like what's going on right now.
2: And President Trump also talked about and basically conceded, which I think is really interesting. Now, former President Trump is conceding that there should be some early voting for the Republican Party uh, for the 2024 elections. He has always been vehement that there needs to be a very solid excuse if you're going to do absentee voting. He's always been very clear about wanting everybody to come out just on Election Day, uh, saying that if there's mail-in ballots and ballot harvesting and all these other things, that it is open to cheating. Um, And now he is coming forward and saying, you know what, I don't like these things, but what we need to do is win So then we have people in key positions in different states who can change the law and put the law back to maybe a same-day voting, Uh, maybe uh, no absentee unless some severe, very, very strong restrictions. And in the meantime, until we can get there, bottom line is we have to win. And if what's in the law now calls for early voting, which it indeed does in so many locations and in some locations for a long time early voting, a lot of... Many days where people can come early, uh many where absentee voting is very loose um he said unfortunately, if that's the case, well then we need to quote play the game and I think President Trump is spot on on this first off, there is no way that I think the Republicans can win if they just depend on everybody coming out on election day. It's just inconceivable because listen, people get busy. People get sick. Maybe they have to suddenly do an errand. Maybe they have the best of intentions to come on out, but they often may not be able to get there, or they go to a place and there's a long line, or maybe a machine breaks down, or there's some issues, or just things happen with their schedules. You can't always bank that everybody is going to come out on Election Day, as much as that's a good thing. And you certainly can't win if the other side is doing weeks or days, uh, it depends, in some cases, many weeks, lead time for early voting. I mean, it's just inconceivable, and that's what happened. We saw that in the last election, where they had so much early voting, they had so much time, that in some cases they were accumulating hundreds of thousands of votes, just doing canvassing, doing ballot harvesting, all that stuff, getting people out to vote. And then when they came to Election Day, yes, the Republicans did very well and had a bigger turnout— but it still wasn't enough to make up for the uh basically ahead numbers that the democrats clearly had that they had accumulated over all those weeks or days. So if this is the ball game that they're playing and this is the playing field, well, they got to play it with the same set of rules. You can't say uh uh-uh, everybody's just got to come out on election day and bank that that's going to happen. It didn't work in 2016. And for and it didn't work. I mean, it did work, forgive me, in 2016, because it was a different set of circumstances that was, of course, before covid. But it didn't work in 2020. And guess what? It's not going to work in 2024. I mean, the writing's on the wall right now. It is clear that the Republicans have to look at the same set of rules and have to be flexible. And that was one of the things we had Doug Collins on the show, a former congressman from Georgia, who's also very close with President Trump. And he was saying, yes, for sure, we have to start doing early voting. There's no way around it. He said it after the Georgia Senate race. He said, we have to start getting people out early. We have to be doing the same things that's within the law that the Democrats are doing. And if we don't, we will continue to lose elections. And that is what Doug Collins said. So Trump is finally sort of having an epiphany and saying, you know what? I don't like this system. I believe it's open to cheating. I believe... Uh, It's not a good one, but the only way we can change it is if we win and if we try to play by the same rules short term, win, and then change the rules back to the way it used to be so there are better controls. He also still talks about voter ID, which I think is a really important thing, too. I think having voter ID, people should be able to say, here it is. It should be a legal. It should be a, a uniform sort of accepted ID uh, and there shouldn't be there's nothing. Why, why is that suspicious? Why is that if it, why you ask somebody if they have a voter ID, if they don't have an ID, what's the problem? I mean, how is that? You know, there's something wrong. There are so many countries where you have to show an ID. It's the right thing to do. It's a privilege to be an American. And I think it's a privilege to vote. And I think we need to have some restrictions and do it the right way eventually. But in the short term. You have to also two things accommodate people who can't make it out just on voting day. It should stretch at least a few days. Or the other thing is also realize that within the system that exists, if you're going to win, you got to play by the same rules. And it is right now legal in so many states. So that's where Trump is going. And here is what he had to say when he was asked about early voting. This is a game
3: changer to hear this from President Trump. It's a rigged process. It's a disgusting process. And what was happening is, you know, they'd, they'd go in there with uh, an accumulation of votes, which in many places isn't even legal. And they would in- accumulate votes at a level like nobody's ever seen before. And, you know, if you ever check the ballots, you might be like be very disappointed as an American. You may be very, very disappointed to see what happens with the ballots, whether or not they're signed, if they need to be signed, where they come from. So. We're going to have to play the game a little bit differently because we're starting off with a deficit and tremendous bad things are happening. Look, uh, I know that your next question will probably be like, what do you recommend? And what I recommend is all paper ballots, one day voting, voter ID and no mail in except for a faraway military and people that are really seriously ill.
2: Very interesting. But he's saying, in the meantime, we have to play by the same rules, everybody, no matter whether you're a Republican or Democrat, to win. And by the way, he's making a great point. Case in point, you guys, John Fetterman, who could forget this guy? Remember this stellar debate performance?
5: Hi. Good night, everybody.
2: That's how we started the debate. And it was like downhill from there. That was the highlight. That was when he was uh, most coherent. And as we know, sadly, now he's in the hospital for depression and some other things, too. But this was a guy. Clearly, this was like the classic case. Think about all the votes that they accumulated well before it even got to the debate moment. They pushed off the debates. And then when he comes up in the debates, it's like, huh? Uh, We thought he was doing much better. Uh, He had a stroke, and I heard that he was doing much better. And when you saw him, you're like, "Uh, that ain't the case. But people couldn't take their votes back. And there was like, I think it was like 700,000 votes that he had accumulated prior to basically Oz basically getting barely any votes because he was playing by get everybody out on Election Day. And there was no way he was going to be able to make up the difference. So what are your thoughts, everybody, about this new epiphany from Trump about now we have to do early voting, Republicans and Democrats? And also, what about his argument that President Biden... Uh, should have gone to Ohio uh, well before he went to Ukraine. What do you make of the fact that Budajeg has not even been to Ohio? And what a surprise that President Trump is going tomorrow and he's going to be there before either of them. And again, he's not the sitting president. one 800 let us go to BJ A uh, line four. BJ, your thoughts about this?
5: Hey, Rita. I love John. Uh, 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 Solomon. He's great. Yep,
2: he's Solomon's great. He great. is great. He's
5: really good. Thanks for having him on. Okay, so uh, President Trump is acknowledging reality, and the reality is the Democrats came into the – and sued over 200 lawsuits to change election laws, and they're changed. they are not going back. So there's three things we need to do if we want to win in 2024, the Republican Party. Number one, Zuckerface – Uh, uh, needs to be banned from our election and all those Zuckerface boxes need to be ripped out because all of the uh, uh, ballot harvesting was going on with those uh, drop boxes at 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. They had uh, guys dumping thousands of votes uh they they tracked it all by geo tracking they were going into these nasty b- uh, places and dumping votes number 2 we got to get rid of uh the section 230 remove that immediately before this election that way if there's any hanky panky or any uh russian bots uh uh and uh, or any of this business the, the these platforms will be held responsible and number 3 we need to have a very tight Uh, A voter ID situation where people have to prove who they are, they have to present the ID and verify the signature, and also these poll workers should go through a criminal background check. That's that if they do those three and four things, then we will level the playing field. But that's but Trump is clearly, clearly acknowledging the the, the landscape upon which we find ourselves. Yeah, he's and saying he's is, saying
2: we gotta play by their rules. If that if these are the rules I mean there is no way that you can expect that, you know, when you start like and I brought up the Fetterman example, 700,000 votes basically before even Election Day gets yeah. started. all to Fetterman, this guy, you know, and a lot. And and of course, many of them, I'm sure, wanted their votes, you know, their uh, their uh, votes back, you know, the ballots back. But they couldn't take it back at that point. I would say, are you kidding me? I voted for this guy who can't even doesn't even know if it's hello or good night, you know, as you just heard. Well, Crazy. But but well, but, look but it's George, amazing.
5: George Santos. George Santos, I mean, the, the people, they did early voting, and then they find out the guy is is as phony as a $3 bill, you know?
2: Yeah, although I mean, in uh, that case, most of it came out sort of like right after he had been elected. Like, it was it was brewing, you're right. It was brewing before, but it was sort of dismissed, um, you know, early on. And he kept denying it, and then it came out like almost like right after the election had happened. It was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Uh, but, but, but the, I think the Fetterman BJ is a really powerful example because yeah. my goodness, you know, I mean, I and, and how, and I hate the whole ballot harvesting. You know, I mean, some of those allegations that we heard in, in places like Georgia and elsewhere, um, with reports of people like suddenly all these people at a nursing home voted. Um, and, yeah. you know, and who knows? Imagine uh, that. You know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even if it is legit, wow. it just sounds so bad. I mean, it's like, it's just, it's just open to fraud and the potential for it. And, it, it, you know, people just got to feel good about the process and good about the American voting system. And so it's an interesting thought that we have to, like, kind of play by their game now, he's saying, and then when they win, then go back to the old way and hopefully it stays that way. You know, I mean... That's I mean, boy, talk about crazy. Like, what if a Republicans go in? It's going to go back to one day, and then if a Democrat wins, you know, in the next go round, or or you know, eight years later, it goes back to the old. It's like, you know, it, but but at least it sounds like there there's a mission there to change it. But just short term, live with we the constraints. We need congressional
5: hearings, Rita. We need the Congress to start. The, we've given them the power now. They have the they have the Congress. So we need to see this. If we don't see this then we're going to be back to where we were in 2020. We need to see hearings, we need to see guys, we need guys like Jim Jordan that'll grab guys by the scruff of the neck, put them under the hot lights and make them answer the questions. They can start in with the section 230 hearings and they they can have this removed. Right, they I can agree. Do this.
2: I agree. And by the way, those cases are uh, before the Supreme Court in fact yesterday and uh tomorrow. Um I mean, uh, today and tomorrow they're going to have uh even more of them. Uh, but you're right. That is such an important issue, and they got to step up. The Republicans now have the opportunity, and you're right. Get the answers that the American public deserves. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. After the break, one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two, and you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show.
1: The Rita Cosby Show.
2: And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Norm, line three. Norm, your thoughts about all this?
6: Yeah. Good night, Rita. Yeah. Hello. Hello, and um, good night. (laughs) Good night, Rita. Uh, First thing. uh, By the way, congratulations uh, on your promotion.
2: Oh, thank you. Congratulations on your
6: on your promotion to Cat and Cosby. Thank you
2: very much. And I just want to tell everybody, I'm still going to be obviously doing the show with all of you guys every night because I love it so much. Um, But I'm going to be doing a show uh, that is on WABC. And it is, of course, a top-rated show with the greatest business executive in the world. He's also the owner of Red Apple Media, John Katzamitidis. He's had his great, successful Cats at Night, and today we launch Cats and Cosby. Um, and mm-hmm. it's really fun. It's a it's a great roundtable discussion. As you've heard, we have huge guests. Um, Great talk. uh, Big, big current events. It is an awesome show, and everybody, I hope you check it out, 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And also, you can get it on wabcradio.com. But it is an awesome show, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it with John. It's tons of fun. And I told everybody before the show that I'm a kid in a candy store because I have that, and that I get to be with all of you guys at this hour, too. So I have the best of everything, Norm. So thank you for the nice words. (laughs)
6: <laughs> You're welcome already, uh yes, I absolutely agree with President Trump. We have to adapt to this uh uh whatever new age of voting, I guess, but uh it, I think we yeah we definitely need the voter i d uh the entire European Union uh requires uh i d in order to vote i'm you know I'm a dual citizen if I want to vote in the Austrian elections, uh I have to go to the Austrian consulate. Uh, show my ID, show my passport. I don't know. Maybe give them a. I, I don't know. I may have to give them a thumbprint. I don't know. Whatever it is, but I have to prove I'm Norman uh, in order to vote. And I don't quite get why America is not not up to that yet. Yeah, they seem so. to
2: think like you're racist or something if you're asking for an ID. Um, and and I think I told the story, Norm, when I was voting one time. I remember. Uh, I think it was not the last election, but the one before. The person didn't ask me for ID and didn't ask me right. for anything. And I was like offended. I was like, are you kidding me? You know, and they were also mm-hmm. telling me who to vote for. That was the other thing. I'm like, are you like, that's, like, uh, that's uh, like, are you... right? It's inexcusable. And and if it happened to me, it's going to ha- it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And how can we trust the system if you don't know if it's the right person? Uh, they want to make sure the same person hasn't voted twice or three times or dead yep. people. Um, You know, sometimes these people on the roll, but the ballot harvesting stuff is so crazy. And it just is open, I think, to, you know, the potential for graft, you know, to to think that you could somebody could gather the signatures of tons of people. And that is legal in a number of states. Mm -hmm. Um, But but what I'm surprised, Norm, is that Trump didn't kind of come around to this sooner about early voting, because if this is the system, I think you and I think he's smart to say, I'm not happy with it but let's work within it because we got to win to right. change it, to go back to the, the way that it's more secure. What are your thoughts of that strategy? Well,
6: the reason the reason why he went with uh, that originally was because mainstream conservatives vote on election day and they are really adamant about that. And I mean, I voted early this year. I, I really don't want to vote early, but, you know, it's, I uh it's the new way. Yeah. So and and by the way, t-
2: I voted early, too. I voted early because I knew I was going to be busy on Election Day and be with all of you guys. So I normally don't do it. But it was I will say it was a huge line. There were a lot of people voting early and you don't want to, like, be so far behind the eight ball that you can't catch up on Election Day. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. Norm, thank you for the nice words. one 800 Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, there is someone else in the GOP race for president. Of course, we have President Trump, as we have been speaking about, uh, but also Nikki Haley. And now tonight uh, we are hearing that Vivek Ramaswamy, a conservative entrepreneur and sort of anti-woke woke crusader, uh, has officially launched his GOP campaign this is very interesting uh, he 's a healthcare and tech sector entrepreneur um, wrote that big book uh, Woke Inc and has often you see him a lot of times like on Fox News and elsewhere and has an interesting life story he 's only thirty seven years old, and he said uh, that he felt he needed to make a difference. He said, you know we as a country are in the middle of a national identity crisis." And we have celebrated our differences for so long that we forgot of the ways that we really are just the same as Americans, bound by a common set of ideals that set our nation into motion 250 years ago. And he said, quote, and he said it on Tucker Carlson tonight. That's why I am proud to say tonight I am running for president of the United States to revive those ideals in this country. So Interesting, obviously, uh, someone who doesn't have by any means the name power of a Trump or a DeSantis or a Nikki Haley. Uh, But it's interesting to see sometimes individuals and citizens like this who get into the race. Sometimes it gives a different answer. Sometimes it gives a different perspective. I think it's great that it's America. Anybody could run. We saw that last time. There were a couple sort of individual citizens who kind of threw their names in the hat. Uh, I think of one, remember Marianne Williamson? Boy, the woman who was looking at crystals and all that other stuff. You know, remember that? The moonbeam, the moonshot or whatever that was. Uh, but it was wild because when she was in the debates on the Democratic side, she says something, everyone's like, what, what do I do? But she was getting at least some time and they had to reply to her. So sometimes you get this like sort of off the moment. People get off their kilter a little bit when somebody who's sort of an average citizen gets in the race. Um, obviously, he would have to raise enough money. He would have to also get enough votes to qualify for debates whenever they take place. But now, again, the big breaking news that Vivek Ramaswamy, interesting guy, very articulate young guy, again, only 37 years old. I guess that's not past his prime for a man, right? Uh, we'll ask Don Lemon what he thinks. Uh, but Vivek Ramaswamy, at age 37, has now officially thrown his name in to run on the GOP side. So now you've got Trump, Nikki Haley, and Vivek Ramaswamy. And he was also in New Hampshire. Apparently he is going back there. That, of course, is a key state because it happens right after the Iowa caucus in the primary season. So very interesting, guys, uh, the race and also the field is getting a little more crowded tonight. But Donald Trump doesn't seem to be worried. In fact, if you look at the latest polls, he is definitely increasing on Biden. Uh, you know, if first of all, Biden, if you look at the polls, but also DeSantis on both sides. First off, obviously, on the Democratic side, he is still inking out Biden in some of the latest polls. And on DeSantis, he's actually gained by about five percentage points in the last week or two. So it's interesting. He seems to be on an uphill agenda. And he did this interview with John Solomon, who we were just talking to in the last hour. And he's got a track record now that he can go with. He can say, look, this is where we are now. You know, where where you know, with a tin cup, you know, basically begging for oil and in dire straits. And under me. We were energy independent. And if you bring me back, we could be there again. Take a listen. Here is him talking. This is cut
3: 23. We've got to become independent again on energy. We want to be energy independent. We were energy independent. We were becoming energy dominant. We would have dominated the world on energy. We would have made a fortune on it. We would have paid off our debt. We would have, the money was going to be staggering. And this guy comes in and he ends it all. It's just insane. And, Wait till you see. You haven't seen the end of energy. Wait till you see the pricing over the next year or two. It's going to go through the roof.
2: And by the way, it very well may with all the complications with Russia, which we're going to talk about later on in this hour. Some really tough talk from Vladimir Putin. Uh, Zelensky basically saying, you know, with China potentially getting involved over there, we could be on the verge of World War Three. Really scary stuff. Biden over there and my beloved Poland. Literally, Biden was speaking in the neighborhood where my father used to fight in World War II, uh, talking about freedom. And I thought some of his shout-outs to the Ukrainian people and to the Polish people who've been helping so much, uh, I thought were really beautiful and inspiring. Some of the other things we'll get to later on in this hour. But President Trump said, you know what? Uh, This president, President Biden, has not protected the homeland whatsoever, that he seems more concerned with Ukraine's borders than Our borders. Take a listen to what Trump told John Solomon in the exclusive interview.
3: And we'll have borders again and we'll get bad people because a lot of bad people are coming in. People from their prisons, people from their mental institutions. They're dumping them in the United States. And it's a terrible thing. Terrible thing that's happening to our country. And
2: President Trump said, listen, with President Biden, it's like America last. Case in point, he's going to go in a few hours from now. He is going to go to Palestine, Ohio, that place where that terrible train derailment took place. Uh, It was wild. By the way, today, uh, the head of the EPA, who finally showed up there, uh, what is it, like two and a half weeks late, was there and was drinking a a glass of water from the tap and, like, toasting. Like, it was like, cheers, everybody, like he's celebrating something. It was bizarre. Um, And yet still, Buttigieg has not shown up there. Biden has not shown up there. But what a surprise after it comes out that President Trump is going to be there tomorrow. He's going to be there before they are. Uh, this is what Pete Buttigieg had to say. Suddenly, he's making some plans to potentially go to Palestine at the right time. He's not saying when. Maybe he can fit it into his schedule. But listen to how he responded.
3: The mayor of East Palestine has said it took nearly two weeks for the White House. There were shouts of where's Pete Buttigieg at a town hall meeting last. What's your response to that? When are you going to go to East Palestine?
7: Well, I am planning to go, and uh, our folks were on the ground from the first hours. I do want to stress that the NTSB needs to be able to do its work independently. But when I go, the focus is going to be on action. Look, I was mayor of my hometown for eight years. We dealt with a lot of disasters, natural and human. And one of the things I noticed very quickly is that there's two kinds of people who show up when you have that kind of disaster experience. People who are there because they have a specific job to do and are there to get something done and people who are there to look good and have their picture taken. When I go, it will be about action on rail safety, like the actions that we are calling on Congress to help us with, that we're calling on industry to take, and that we are undertaking ourselves as a department to help make sure that these kinds of things don't happen in the future.
2: Is there anybody out there that thinks that Pete Buttigieg, based on the way he has handled, obviously, everything with the airlines, with the supply chain, all these problems that he's like Action Jackson. I mean, it's like he's like acting like he's like uh, he's like WWE Triple H going into the ring. This is not the case. This is definitely not the case. I mean, he's like I'm, when I go there, I'm going to have a, when you go there. I mean, people are going to be teenagers are going to now be, uh, you know, in their 90s. You know, the way that you're going. I mean, this is a disaster. This is a crisis. He should have been there the next day. It's not like Ohio is that far. It is outrageous. And I say bravo to President Trump because clearly he's gotten at least Buttigieg at least to say that he'll go there at some point. Because I didn't even know if he knew where Ohio was on the map. I mean, until this moment. So, you know, at least there's some movement there. And, of course, in the middle of all this, you know tomorrow when he goes there that everyone's going to be asking Trump, Uh, You know, a a million different questions, of course, about Nikki Haley, about DeSantis. And they're certainly going to be asking about this very loquacious, very talkative grand jury foreman from Georgia who is saying that they did recommend a whole bunch of indictments. She didn't say who, uh, but she just said it's a long list, basically. And she said, you're not going to be shocked. It is not rocket scientists, rocket science. Forgive me. Uh, not rocket science. Those are the words from this grand jury foreman who keeps talking over and over again, uh, which is a little bizarre. So what are your thoughts about all of this and where is this headed? one eight hundred eight 848 Let's go to Stan, uh, line two. Stan, your thoughts.
8: Well, first of all, I'm happy about the president going uh, to Ukraine. He was fantastic. Then he went to Poland, did a fantastic job, showed strength. Showed affirmative conversation in terms of speaking to the Polish people and Poland. I think he did a fantastic job as to going to Ohio. Okay, let's let let's get real here. First of all, okay, Donald Trump's going. what's he going to put on a white suit, put on a mask, and start cleaning? He's there for just show. That's it. He's there. he ain't doing anything. So who cares if he goes? Number two, the governor of Ohio was in that picture, as you saw, they're all sitting in the kitchen with the secretary, drinking water. He didn't declare it. He's a Republican. He didn't declare a state of emergency. Obviously, he doesn't think it's major. The EPA has to do their work, and that's what they have to do. Then everything else happens after. The president will probably come there, but right now he's on the top priority is exactly where he is, and he will show up there sooner or later. Absolutely. So let's not be phonies here. Now back to the election. Wait, wait,
2: wait, 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 Stan, I let you I speak. I want to get wait, on the election. Go hang ahead, on, I'll, I'll let you sure, get to sure. the election, but let me no, clarify no. a couple points here first. First off, you make it sound uh, like Trump is just showing up for a photo. I don't believe that. I think he really does care about the people of Ohio. They love him. By the way, that area, 70% basically voted for Trump. So they know him and they like him and they're wondering where the heck. Is he? And if he were president right now, he would have gone there very soon. He would have gone there well before even now, I believe. And President Biden, you're like, "Uh, he'll get there. What do you mean he'll get there? It's been almost three weeks, and I'm not saying he shouldn't have gone to Ukraine. You know, I, I actually, I think it's important that we defend Ukraine and defend freedom. You know, my father a, was a Polish resistance fighter. I understand it. My father was right there on the border there. I mean, I we, we understand it. We get it. All right, Stan? But, um, but that's not the case. He's had three weeks before he even basically went there to Ukraine. He had plenty of time to just make a quick stopover and say, Ohio, we're with you. We're going to try to do whatever we can to help you. What do you need? He didn't do that. And the transportation secretary is still, even today, we'll get there at some point. I mean, give me a break. That is such lackluster leadership. But go ahead, Stan.
8: Well, obviously, the governor of Ohio did nothing. He hasn't done He didn't declare a state of emergency. The EPA is checking out the situation. He was asking
2: and for help. And FEMA said it's not in their jurisdiction, Stan. EPA, and then they finally, EPA, hang on, hang on. FEMA. Hang on. Hang on. He's been asking for help from FEMA, like funds and a whole bunch of stuff, which is well beyond even EPA. And they continue to say no. And then they finally, when suddenly, what a surprise, surprise. Suddenly Trump says he's going. And boy, FEMA says, it's not really in our area, but we're going to send the EPA guy. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Baby steps. The only reason they got off their butts is because they knew Trump was going and they were embarrassed, And And that's not the reason you help people. Have you seen all the dead fish and the people coughing and the kids sick and all that stuff? It is abominable. I mean, they just said today that there are millions of contaminated gallons of water. I mean, it is abominable just the damage that's happened. The soil damage is there. I mean, it is voluminous. And they can't even get off their butts and go there. They're, they're just reacting because President Trump did. It's all about Trump again. Oh, God, we can't be upstaged by Trump again rather than helping the real people. Go ahead, Stan.
8: Oh, please. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> Wait, the, I, I want to uh, have you answer. You stand, answer. I stand I hang on. Talk about the vote, I'll give, the, uh, I'll, I'll give you a stand, of, uh, I'll give sorry. you a
2: moment, but respond yeah. to that. That, that is, you cannot. No, it's it, not, it's ETA not, ETA coincidence. It's not coincidence. It's not coincidence. It's not coincidence. They went like, wow, what a boy. Who uh, cares
8: about Trump. Nobody yes. gives a damn about him going well, there. It's obviously a lot of people what do. What are you talking about? Well, now let's they, talk about—
2: You know what? You know what? I'd rather see at least somebody come and talk to those people and try to do what they can to help because they deserve all of our support. And boy, Biden and Buttigieg just seem a little too busy. And and again, I'm not even talking about Ukraine. I'm saying he had all the time in the world. you telling me that guy who barely has a pulse, couldn't even get up and go to Ohio? Real quick, go ahead on the election all stand. All
8: on, the, on the voting and so forth. All of a sudden, he found election nirvana. He agrees with the voting. in. Give me a break with this phony who was against it from the start. I mean, this has been going on for years. We've always had... Voting and so forth. And now he says, Well, you know, I think we, now we should do it because, excuse me, the man's an idiot. He doesn't know anything. And he tries to think that he's doing something real. I think we should do this. And so, hey, Republicans did vote prior to the election not all but some did vote they didn't do that it was he who told people go only on the election day because it he didn't him.
2: because guess what stan they he didn't trust the process and a lot of people didn't and still don't but the reality is stan yeah some states have had early voting but it got a lot more extended because of covid and and many of these states just kept it in place. So it definitely was extended to COVID. I mean, it was like an election year in some places, you know, almost, you know. I mean, that's ridiculous. You look at all the extensive time, like in places like Pennsylvania and elsewhere, uh, just the amount of early voting and allowance for absentee and the flexibility. Uh, there's, it is very loose and not asking for a voter ID. I mean, I, you know, you, you got to admit uh, a lot of other countries would never allow it and we have allowed it and the democrats have pushed it because they know it works for them and one thing i will say stan i don't agree with like basically anything you ever say but the one thing i do agree with what you just said is that i do think trump should have pushed for it sooner because the reality is even if people want to come out on election day they get busy they get sick their plans whatever it is you have to give them at least at least a few days I mean, I think there should be at least something to give a little flexibility. And by the way, again, if this is the system that's there, you will never win unless you do it an even playing field. And he's finally realizing that. I I think he should have realized it before the last election. But he was very suspicious of the process, as so many people are and still are. 1-800-848-9222. Thank you, Stan. Always a pleasure. Boy.
1: Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Well, Stan really was on something tonight. 1 800 848 9222. Uh, let's go to Al in Yonkers. Um, you know, Al, what do you make of Stan who thinks, oh, you know, Trump is just going there for a photo op and Biden and Buttigieg will do it in the right time. Uh, they're, they're the leaders of this country. I mean, it's a transportation secretary and the president and neither one of them seems to care about these people in Ohio. And it's one of the worst train disasters we've ever seen.
3: Yeah. uh, Thank you, Rita, for taking my call. I just wanted to say that the, uh, The people, Stan said, who cares about Donald Trump? uh, And the Ohioans, uh, they're grateful that he's coming tomorrow to uh, the great state of Ohio. Twice when President Trump ran for president uh, in his successful bid in 2016, Ohioans uh, voted for him and he carried the state in the Electoral College. And he did again in 2020. So they're grateful that he's coming tomorrow, and it's a sign of leadership because he's a true leader.
2: Yeah, and by the way, uh, Al, I also, you know, Trump is great with talking to people, uh, talking to real people, you know, uh, not these sort of, you know, woke uh, nuttos. Um, He really, like, does care about people. So I I actually think he's going to bring a lot of comfort to them, and I think he genuinely is concerned about them, and as we all are. And it's unfathomable to me that our president— Hasn't gone there. Uh, he had plenty of time before he went to Ukraine, and Buttigieg still isn't even still isn't even getting off his butt. It's really shocking, really, really shocking. Uh, let's go to Sandy in Seattle. Sandy, your thoughts about that, and also Trump and uh, some of his comments of late.
8: Oh, Trump's the, is, he's the ultimate best. And as far as Stan goes, Stan... I'm sure he's still listening. Uh, he didn't know what he's talking about. That that election was definitely stolen in 2020, and I know the, the midterm was, too, because not one of our people got in, and then that settlement got in and all that crazy stuff that was going on with that stuff. And uh, anyway, uh, the reason why I say that, that I'm convinced in, in the 2020, is a lot of those ballots were people's names and live in those areas, and the biggest thing of all, there was a lot of dead people's names on some of those ballots. Now, that thing was definitely rigged and stolen. That there's goes be goes way beyond comprehension on that. Now, back to Trump, uh, there's nobody that we've ever had, and I'm 80 years old, to know as the presidents go, I think eleanor Roosevelt, and Kennedy was pretty good, but nothing like Trump, there's nobody as good as Trump. He's
2: You are a diehard Trump fan. And by the way, I think he's going to be great with the people in Ohio tomorrow. We're going to continue talking about this and also Biden in Poland, who says autocrats only understand no. What about a minor incursion?
1: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our
2: Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful story about the Cherokee Nation honoring a series of veterans with the Medal of Patriotism for their service and sacrifice. One of them was veteran uh, Ralph Haynes of Shawnee, William Rabbit of Pryor, and Philip Buford Holbert um, with a number of locations And veteran Buford, by the way, joined the U.S. Marine Corps on May 6, 1969. He completed boot camp at Marine Corps Recruit Depot in San Diego. He trained as a radio operator at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. And after completing his training, Buford was deployed to Vietnam, where he was stationed over there and assigned to headquarters and service company 2nd Battalion, 7th Marines. He was later assigned to Gulf Company at Liberty Bridge where he was injured and he also spent 45 days in a naval hospital. By the way, Buford was awarded the National Defense Service Medal and a whole bunch of other medals. He said, if I was young and I was in the position to serve my country again, I would absolutely do it over and over again without hesitation. What a powerful story and how beautiful to see the Cherokee Nation honoring three veterans for their incredible service, including Philip Buford, uh, who has an amazing storied history there in the military. Well, speaking of the military, President Biden was over in Poland today. And as I was saying to you, it was really powerful to see, for me to see. Um, I thought, first off, I thought him telling everybody, you know, look, the Ukrainians are fighting for freedom. And doing it, you know, in, in such a powerful way, I thought that was a great statement. I loved also when he also thanked the people of Poland for embracing all the Ukrainian refugees and supporting Ukraine, their neighbor in such a huge way, the people of Poland. And I know it firsthand have been amazing and incredible. They've taken in millions of refugees, women and children and others into their homes. It's been extraordinary. And I thought it was so beautiful. And to see President Biden speaking, literally, I had tears in my eyes um, because I was watching and seeing the places where my father fought. My father fought in Old Town, Warsaw, right there by the presidential palace and the old castle area. And that's where President Biden was speaking. That's where he did that other speech in Warsaw. And he was in that same sort of area again. And it was beautiful for me to see parts of Poland that are so near and dear to my heart and near and dear to my father's fight for freedom. So it was really, really powerful. And I commend the president for going over there. Uh, I think it was a good move that President Biden went over there. I think it's important. I think he should have gone over there last year, uh, but I'm glad that he did go over there as the leader and commander in chief of America. It's important that he went over there. But it was interesting because he talked very tough. He basically said, you know, yeah, Putin created this war. He started it. He did it. Um, And he also said that autocrats only understand the word no. Like, in other words, we've got to be tough and you've got to tell them no, 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 no. There's no gray when you're dealing with somebody as crazy as Putin. Take a listen to what President Biden said uh, when he described this moment. This was a few hours ago in Warsaw autocrats only understand one word no no no
5: no you will not take my country no you will not take my freedom no you will not take my future
2: well and when i heard that and i heard him say no 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 uh it sounded really good it sounded like you know a strong speech and i thought the words were really tough he was talking tough yet It also hearkened me back to great words. But what about President Biden's actions that have led to this moment? Here we are. It's close to the one year anniversary. And where is the end in sight? We have no idea where the end's in sight. We have no idea. And this president is out there basically saying you have to be tough when you're dealing with somebody like a Vladimir Putin. You have to be clear. And in fact, Putin pulled out of the Star treaty, the nuclear treaty today. I mean, there's some tough stuff going on here. And they're talking about China maybe getting engaged with Russia. So this is very serious stuff. Zelensky saying it could be World War III potentially. And then yet, when you listen to the background of Biden, you listen to the history of Biden, where was he really tough with Putin? He hasn't been tough with Putin. It's been this drip, 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 drip. Throughout this entire thing, it's been stunning. I mean, think about now he's finally like giving more weaponry. He's doing more of this stuff. Had he given, I think, more weaponry early on, I think had he amassed troops early on, or had he even picked up the phone and said, Putin, don't you dare, there will be serious repercussions. That's what Trump would have done. I don't think Putin would have ever gone into Ukraine. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that Putin never would have gone into Ukraine because he feared Trump He understood that Trump projected strength and this president projects weakness. And who could forget when he was talking about Russia for the very first time, this to me was the fatal flaw that this president made. And for him to stand there and say, you must tell autocrats, no, 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 and be firm and be clear and all these other things, that is such a bunch of hogwash from this guy who early on. Open the door to Vladimir Putin as soon as he made this statement. As soon as he said this at the White House, remember when he said this, boy, like now over a year ago, I knew Putin was just going to take advantage of it and run all over him. Here is President Biden making that famous statement that clearly didn't say no, no, no to Putin.
5: I think what you're going to see is that Russia will be held accountable if it invades. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do etc
2: yeah if it's some minor incursion no big deal and the minute he said that i said he has given an inch that's not a no 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 like he's claiming he is today he can act all big and bad and puff his chest today but you think about had he really been no 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 to putin early on i think putin never would have come in we would have saved the country so much money and now the rest of the world wouldn't be on the potential brink of war And so there is so many mistakes. And for him to sit and act like he's like John Wayne today is outrageous. Here is Harris Faulkner on Fox News basically saying, boy, uh, Russia is at least has some clarity, even though they're definitely not the good guys. We don't know who we are right now,
6: but apparently we want to engage in what we export the most of. And that's fame. We want to be popular. He goes there, he gives a speech, but he won't go to the chemical
2: spill waste site, the wasteland that we have unfolding across at least two states originating from Ohio and now into Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. He won't go there yep. where Americans are suffering. I mean, the communists know who they are. The Russian government knows who it is. They embrace the fact that they're not the good guys. They're good with that. And also, General Keith Kellogg, of course, who was national security advisor to then President uh, Trump and also uh, advising Vice President Pence at the time. This is what he had to say. He said that this president, he commended him. He said, listen, it's good that he went over to Ukraine and showed support, and obviously to be there in Poland, which again has been amazing through this entire process. But he said, this president projects weakness. And he needs to take the ball out of Putin's court that he's basically sort of sitting around and we're all sort of like drifting. And who knows how long this war is going to go. Listen to what General Kellogg's advice is for President Biden.
7: When he comes back to the United States, he ought to stand in front of the American people and say, I've been to Kiev. I've seen what's happening there. This is why we need to stay in this fight and win it in the short term, helping the Ukrainians do that, and defeating a strategic adversary. And what does defeat a strategic adversary mean? That means Russia leaves Ukraine. And you give Putin an option. We'll either force you out by the force of arms, or you can leave voluntarily. It's going to be your call. But don't leave it up to Putin. And he's he's leaving it up to Putin. Well, you can leave when you want to. No, you force him to leave, and you use force to do it.
2: And remember, this president has projected weakness. Again, as I brought up, that minor incursion statement I think was disastrous. And then you kind of couple that with the fact that, remember, he was trying to give Zelensky an exit early on in the war. Remember, like, in the first days of the war, he was trying to get him out of the country. Like, in other words, basically surrender. Uh, Give it up, buddy. And then it's been this drip, drip, drip. No, we're not going to give you this. No, we're not going to give you this. And then ultimately they end up giving him that. I mean, are we going to be dealing with Biden's war? For who knows how long, he needs clarity, he needs strength, and that is the only way you handle somebody like Vladimir Putin. And for him to sit and act like he is like Mr. Clarity over there in Russia, I mean, in, uh, forgive me, in Ukraine and also in Poland, uh, is just absurd. It's ridiculous. It is completely obscene. You know, he's been so lackluster and so tepid. And so, yeah, he's kept NATO together. That's great because they all understand the price of this war and they understand the sacrifice and they understand what's going on. So that is commendable. But but that's it. You know, and, and by the way, they would probably stay together anyway. It's I don't think it's necessarily Biden holding the glue there. I don't think he's the super glue. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800- Eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Steve on line three. Steve, your thoughts about all this?
7: Hey, good evening, Greta. Um, before I mentioned about uh, Biden going to Poland, I'd like to say something to Stosh. I'm Polish.
2: Stash, you mean hey, uh, Stash. you mean you mean Stan, right? Stan for the Stan, for, yes, stop. yes, Yakshimash, Yakshimash. Go ahead.
7: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, hey, Stash, open up your Miriam dictionary. Look up the word buffoon. Now look slightly to the right. There's a picture of you there in color. You know when when. Biden went to Poland today. He really thought he was in Portland, but they had to constantly explain to him, no, Mr. President, you're in Poland. He's incoherent. Um, yeah. And by and the way, you know by what? the way, there was
2: a moment when he got off the stage and he was kind of looking mm-hmm. like like it was like, where am I? And I thought, oh, my gosh, Right. Did you yeah. notice he looked very lost when he first came out? It was like, where do I go? And it's like, well, there's a ramp right there and there's a microphone. Clearly, there's one place to go. It was it was so bizarre.
7: It, 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 it's almost sad. And here's the thing. Um, the people of Ohio, you know, this is this makes you let's say Trump. I love Trump. I think he's a great I think he was the greatest president. I think he's going to be the next president. Um what? What? Uh, let's say he's just going strictly for a photo op tomorrow. It still makes Biden look horrible, you know. Dorita, if this thing happened in Detroit or Chicago, Biden and what's her name, Kamala, which in I think in Finnish it means horrible, uh, and I think in America it means horrible too. Um, if this happened in a, if, a if Chicago, you look at the Detroit, polls,
2: it means horrible. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah.
7: Right. Uh, They would have been there in hours if this happened in a Democrat, uh, a Democratic city. It's just they don't care about the Republicans because they know if they go, these people are not going to vote for Biden anyway. And isn't that
2: disgusting? Isn't that? And and, you know, it's amazing, Steve. It is. It is really disgusting. And it's really sad. And quite frankly, yes, that area vote have did vote heavily Uh, For Trump. Mm -hmm. But Ohio is a swing state. I mean, technically, it's it's a it's a very important state. So, I mean, to me, it's outrageous that he didn't do it, most importantly, for the moral reasons. I mean, you look at what's happening with these people and, you know, their Mm -hmm. lips turning purple and their kids coughing and all the dead fish. I mean, to me, a leader would have been Mm -hmm. there within a day. I mean, there shouldn't have been any gray. It's a a quick flight, by the way, you know, from uh, from Washington, D.C., uh, and he's got a free flight. You yeah, know, he's not hitchhiking. Mm-hmm.
7: I want to mention one more quick thing, Rita. Um, uh, Stosh goes, uh, oh, yeah, he was drinking water, the governor. Uh, hey, Stosh, how do you know where that water came from? It was probably from a bottle of Poland all you know.
2: Right. And by the way, it also looked so – I was also kind of just mocking the moment because what was odd is – Here's a moment where you're drinking the water. He was trying to obviously send the message of that it's safe to drink, it's okay to drink. And mm-hmm. they took the and they're toasting, cheering like it's like a uh, like vodka, like Polish vodka. Salute, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. It's like, what are you it kidding just, me? Right? Like, it, like yeah, yeah. It, there's nothing to be cheering and clinking glasses about. You know, it just was. Right. It, it seems such to me. It kind of epitomized this just disconnect. Like we're here, everything's fine in our world, and too bad yeah. about everybody else. And it, it, I actually think it's going to hurt Biden tremendously, and I think it's going to hurt uh, Buttigieg. Um Thank you very much, Steve, and Genkuye uh, Barzo. Uh, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Chris, line six. Crick, uh, your thoughts about all of this?
6: Uh, Rita, how are you? Uh, number one, I'd like to say that uh, Biden handed Ohio to Trump for 2024.
2: By this uh-huh. move, by this move, by not yeah, going absolutely. there. And, and you know what I also think? I actually think this really hurt Buttigieg's chances because Buttigieg was sort of like the, the Mayor Pete was like the rising star and maybe the backup for Biden, if you will. And he has been such lackluster on so many levels. Like, I I think this also really hurts him and his star uh, that, you know, could have been as a backup or a potential VP or who knows, you know, where it's right. going, but I mean I think this is gonna come back to bite him. And his his just lackluster is stunning, Chris. That even after right. all this, he's like, Well, well, I'll get there at some point when I can. What are you kidding me? It's like it's like a, a fire's burning and you're like, Well, I'll I'll get to the building in a in a few days or when I have a moment. I mean, it's it seems so insincere and so insensitive to those people who are just my heart breaks for
6: them. Right. And there's also a gas that was uh, possibly detected, which is outlawed um, since World War One. Fosgate, Foss, I think it was called. Yeah,
2: it's uh, the like vinyl chloride or something. I think it is. And yeah. and by the way, they didn't mark. And they didn't mark. Um, the other thing is they didn't mark the cars. You know, the the cars were not marked. There are right. so many issues. Um, Chris, thanks so much for the call. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. After the break, what do you think about Biden's leadership? What did you think about him in Poland? And what do you think, vis-a-vis Trump? One 9222
1: The Rita Cosby Show.
2: We are talking about leadership or the lack thereof. Again, I'm happy President Biden went over to Ukraine. Uh, gave sort of a powerful speech, but his actions don't back it up. And Charles Payne, who you see, of course, always on the Fox News channel and Fox Business channel, noticed where President Biden does get passionate. uh, And he said it's usually not about protecting the homeland. Take a listen. The only time
7: I really see President Biden get tough is when he's going against the so-called MAGA crowd, fellow Americans. This is emboldened bad actors around the world. You know, North Korea firing off ICBMs over the weekend. They're getting more advanced. No one talks about it. Again, I do believe if President Trump was in office, this would still, the, it would be the kind of news story we would hear more about, what's happening in Iran.
2: Yeah, uh, you know we would hear about it. And can you imagine if this was happening under President Trump's time? It would be so different. It's going to be fascinating to see tomorrow. Uh, who also covers President Trump? You know, Will msnbc will cnn be following his steps they might be to like shove a microphone ask about the georgia grand jury but i don't think they're going to say hey what did you think about ohio oh what's that big smoke behind you you know let's move the shot so we can talk about something else you know you can just see where it's gonna go 1-800-848-9222 let's go to george line seven george your thoughts about all this
9: as far as this is concerned about Stan, I, I guess he forgets about George W. Bush being called a racist for taking three days to land in the Gulf after Hurricane Katrina went through. But I guess, you know, we'll leave Stan alone and all these drop boxes put out by Zuckerberg. He dumped three hundred and fifty million dollars to put these in the swing states. And you've got the U.S. Postal Service. Their boxes are more secure than these other boxes. Who watches them? Who watches these drop boxes? Nobody.
2: Nobody. And and that's where some of these, like also the ballot heart. I mean, there's so many issues exactly. that that's why I mean I think obviously voting integrity so people feel good about the process is a big important issue. It's enormous. Um and but I also think that President Trump's point that now we gotta play by the rules because in some states, as you know, uh, most of them they have the early voting. Uh, Some of them longer than others. I mean, some of them are like, again, an early voting year. And I think it's smart that he is coming to the realization that you got to play by the rules uh, that are in place because otherwise the other team has the upper hand. And they clearly had the upper hand in the last election with so many early votings. And you want to obviously want to do it legally. But within the law, uh, you got to play at least the same game. And to just expect everybody to come out on Election Day ain't going to happen. How about also, how do you think, like, Ohio is going to backfire? Do you agree um, with our last caller that Biden uh, not being in Ohio? And also, I think, very lackluster when it's come to the whole situation with Ukraine. I think people are scared now, George. There's so much going on in the world. There's so much uncertainty between the border and Ukraine. And now we're hearing China may be getting involved. There's just this 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 unease that so many people understandably have. And I feel it, too. I feel an angst that I don't feel like we have a strong leader who's in control. And there's a lot of bad actors out there and he's got a wide open border and he doesn't seem. And it's this drip, drip, drip with Ukraine doesn't seem to be paying attention to America at the same time. It's 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 a scary thing. George, your thoughts.
9: My thoughts about that, as far as Ohio backfiring, it's not going to backfire except for in Ohio, because the media is not going to but cover it he, But he it needs
2: Ohio, by the way. He needs Ohio. I mean, you know, Ohio is a pretty important state in the election. I mean, it's stupid of him. I mean, he should be doing it for the right reasons, not for votes. But even if he just did it for politics, it's a bad move.
9: This is true. But they're mostly Trump supporters. And we know that Susan Rice does not want him going there.
2: Yeah, which boy the way is is a really stupid move, and I think uh, I think it just shows such a lack luster of leadership. Big big way, big big way. Let's go to Tom in Ohio. Tom, your thoughts, real quick.
7: As far as as Biden is concerned, he's more after the money. And and keep in mind, this package that he has, it's mostly money, not armaments, including pensions for uh, Ukrainian citizens. So he no longer has Hunter as a bank man to bring back his 10 percent, nor does he have uh, uh, that SBX uh, uh, executive uh, funding the uh, Democrats like he did last time to tens of millions of dollars. If you recall, he promised $100 million for uh, this upcoming election. Sam Bankman-Fried promised the Democrats. So Biden's going over there to bring back the cash for the Democrats and for his own 10 percent.
2: Oh, very interesting. And by the way, uh, yeah, you're right with all those ties with Hunter. And, of course, that's going to be investigated. Let's see where it goes and if the tentacles lead up to the big guy. Let's go to Joe, line one. Joe, your thoughts about all this. Are you there, Joe?
8: I'm always here, Rita. Thank you, I'm Joe. Thank you. I'm, going you. I'm going to hit you with a rapid fire. Uh, bombshell, and then you can respond. First of all, Biden brothers made money off of the um, war profiteers. He pulled strings and the sister. Also, on a personal level, Joe Biden, uh, his his wife, Dr. Jill, was still technically legally married to her first husband when they began copulating. That's not a role model to young girls. Also, Hunter dealt dope in the military. He should be 11 worth for uh, for life also the daughter Ashley profited from the dirty money they're a Biden crime family now let me let me ask
2: you real quick Joe do you think Trump's going to be in trouble with the Georgia grand jury or do you think it's a drop in the ice bucket compared to uh, what you think on the other side real fast
8: I hope that Americans are smart enough to realize that it's a whitewash and remember he shouldn't antagonize DeSantis. well and you know what we'll
2: see where it goes you know, I think it's going to get heated. There's going to be, I think, a lot of contenders on the GOP side.
1: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.